resemblance to a medieval mind. Some philosophers and scientists have even begun to question whether these two individuals share such a thing as a common humanity. They argue that there is no such thing, only an ever-evolving species. For them, the concept of humanity implies such outmoded entities as a soul, an unvarying human condition, a consciousness which eludes scientific pinpointing, a belief in the uniqueness of individuality and such, notions which have no place in a world of Darwinian evolution, DNA, cloning, and similar miracles which have contributed to modern self-understanding. In which case, what possible relevance has Thomas Aquinas to us? The simple souls who cannot accept such an extremist scientific view, obstinately clinging to the notion that Hamlet, Faust, and even Dante still have something to say to us, will need little convincing. Those who believe that we are in the initial throes of an unprecedented era of human development, amounting to a fundamental evolutionary transformation, will need more persuading. But a case can be made. Progress in the six hundred years between Aquinas and the start of the twentieth century was to all intents a leisurely amble. By the end of the twentieth century this has quickened to a headlong dash. If we consider that the worldview or mindset of Aquinas has become an irrelevancy over the centuries, how much shorter before ours too joins the scrap heap. If progress is a film sequence, must every present frame be regarded as the only picture we see? Serious modern thinkers may regard Aquinas much as we regard early Chaplin. How long before our thought processes are regarded like knockabout farce? Or might the cliché banana skins and saccharine sentimentality of Chaplin still have something to say to us. We see our age as the greatest in human history, a delusion shared by many previous ages. Ours is a time of seemingly unending originality, yet such protean dynamism is not a necessary characteristic of great eras. Amongst the most long-lasting and stable civilizations upon which vast intellectual and material resources were lavished were those in China and medieval Europe. Here stasis was achieved, and with it a stability that enabled the development of structured thought and intellectual embellishment to an unparalleled degree. Dante's Divine Comedy was perhaps the finest poetic construction humanity has yet produced, and the certainties it embodied were part and parcel of the medieval age. The vast Gothic cathedrals of Western Europe were arguably the first great collective monuments of humanity. They incorporated the disparate talents of their builders, and not since ancient Greece had works of such magnificence been produced without the goad of tyranny. The medieval age also produced its own collective monument of the intellect. Truly a mammoth of thought, this was the largely static, cumulative philosophy of scholasticism, and the acknowledged maestro of scholastic philosophy was Thomas Aquinas.